You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, all right. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Episode 44. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to squeeze that in there right up front so nobody gets confused. Well, we forgot again last week to say what episode it was. Well, nobody's complained yet. I don't know. Maybe they're just getting lost in all of the all of the correspondence. But no, no I think, no, no I think the people that listen to this show, they're not complainers. I don't think they're complainers either because they're probably eating enough meat. They have good neurotransmitters and they're evenly keeled they're, on the emotional spectrum. Right. They're emotionally stable and able to cope with stress. Like, oh my God, <laughs> they didn't say the episode number. Right, exactly. Unlike the lady yesterday when we were driving back home who wanted to squeeze us out <laughs> from zippering into the merge lane. Yep. It was so... I hate that. This Do you happens, hate that? It happens all the time. The air just came on. The air just came on. I wonder if that's going to pick up on the mic. If I don't you know. hear that... We'll fix it. Our heat came on. We yep. forgot to turn it off. Because it's winter... In Texas oh again. Oh my gosh, it's cold again. What the? Oh wait, back to the zipper. I don't okay, want to skip yeah, this. Zipper. Okay, because people always post about uh, how you're supposed to merge into traffic. You're supposed to merge at the point of merge. Okay. At the point of merge. That's where the two lanes come together and you do it like a zipper. If if that's not how you do it, I, I don't have any uh, ill feelings towards you, but don't yell at me when I do it that way. Right. Don't don't drive on the road with us. Right. That's that's part of it. So we were driving back yesterday because we went out and had coffee, which we don't do very often. But um, this weekend we got out twice and had like got into public spaces, which was like really kind of nice. We were absolutely crazy. We went outside the house and had coffee. We did. And it was really good coffee too. And on the way back, we live out by Texas Motor Speedway. Yep. So if you know where that's at, that ginormous ridiculousness out there. And there was races and they closed the roads down. So they start putting out all the cones and they start making 114 just like they, make, they, they jack everything up. They make it all go one way, so when the race is over, traffic just flows out of there the so, best it can. Yeah, and on the way, they were already doing the lane, uh, like, putting the cones up so people couldn't go that way. And we had to zipper in, and this lady was like, she knew we were trying to get in, like, zipper in, and she just, like, inched up closest to as close to the bumper in front of her as she could to keep us from being able to do it and I always look over and think are you are you not eating enough meat <laughs> <laughs> are you unable to cope with the stress of having let's see my my uh, our car length is probably 15 feet you lost 15 feet what's gonna happen if you let us in are you well, gonna die it goes back to know. people you know stress in life people have the stress number one's a fear of missing out 
Yeah, FOMO. FOMO, and then the fear of being left out, and then the uh, fear of people getting over on you. Yeah. Being taken advantage of. Right. So, but if you're nutritionally sound and emotionally stable, then those things just don't matter and you're able to deal with it. I thought it was funny, but she wouldn't look at us either because I'm one of those people, I will look over at you if you're doing something like that. (laughs) I will look over and I will kind of like wait for you to look at me and then be like, what are you doing? (laughs) Why are you being like this? Yes, it's uh, it's pretty funny. I know. We try to not be the traffic police, but... You know, when you see somebody doing like something like that, you're like, you're the reason why accidents happen. Right. If everybody zippered, traffic would fl- would flow. It would it would <clears throat> it would slow down, but everybody would get in. But when you refuse to let someone in, you know, then it makes traffic more congested than what it should be. I just see those people as having nutrient deficiencies. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I. That's the first thing I think of because well, what I always do is I feel sorry for them. Yeah. Because they have something going on. Their hair went off. Great. It did. Okay. Everybody can relax. Um, <laughs> they were all stressed about it. <laughs> so I always make sure that uh, I don't get angry with those people, that I actually understand that maybe they're having a bad day. <clears throat> maybe they've got a lot of stress going on. Yeah. That way that way, I don't get angry at them. Right. They I didn't try, have their eggs this morning. I try not to. Um, what else did we do this week? Uh, what else did we do? We had our Wednesday business meeting. At Dixon Chiropractic. Yeah, we did that Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And they have a, um, a free business networking once a month. And you can't, we were invited to co-host it mm-hmm. this last week, week on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. And you, you get to select, as a co-host, you select your charity that you want to um, donate to. And everyone that comes that night donates and can continue to donate, and then they get some free services from Dixon Chiropractic um, that they offer to match their donation. So it's really awesome. So we were able to support Brothers Keepers, uh, which is an awesome organization. So Brothers Keepers is a uh, a veteran organization that helps veterans and their families, and it was uh, established by Jack Fanning, who is a really good friend of ours, he was, uh, he was a combat controller like me in the Air Force and was uh, injured in a parachuting accident. So now he is uh, quadriplegic in a wheelchair, but he still does amazing things. He still <laughs> jumps out of airplanes. He was skiing last week. So yeah. um, what they do is they, they, they give purpose and motivation to these families that have had something like this happen to them. So they bring the entire family out, and they make sure that these guys are still able to participate in events like skiing, uh, you know, swimming, uh, you know, parachuting out of airplanes still. So Yeah, and they said that um, I think this summer Jack is going to base jump. Right. They're going to base jump him. That's that, that's crazy. He does crazier things than I would ever even <laughs> dream does. of doing. I've never jumped out of a plane. I've never, I for sure have not base jumped. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan of heights. Don't like them. Well... Some people don't, and that's okay. I know. I had my chance to jump out of a parachute or a parachute out of a airplane, and I passed it up. I said I wasn't dressed for it. <laughs> right. No, it was really good. We were doing this event where I was flying around this plane, checking out some uh, drop zones, and it was at a jump location. And the guy looked at Melody. He's like, "Hey, you want to jump? We'll just throw a parachute on you, and you can." You know, they they were going. They weren't going to let her jump. They were going to uh, tandem do a tandem jump with her, and. Her face just like totally turned white 
and you could see the emotional distress going on inside. It was really funny. Yeah, but very quickly I said, oh, I don't think I'm dressed for it. <laughs> and that was it. And I passed up my free chance to jump out of an airplane with someone um, strapped to my back. Yep. <laughs> and I don't regret it. Well, well it would have been fun, but yeah, no. no big deal. Okay. But anyway, back to Brothers Keeper. So uh, Brothers Keepers is a great veteran organization. Uh, you can find them online. You can find them on Facebook if you want to go check them out and perhaps maybe make a donation to their their charity. Um, they're really great friends of ours, and they're and one hundred percent. This is not a charity where they take some of the money. One hundred percent of the money goes towards all their events. Nobody that works for that organization gets paid. We'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want to go check it out, because I know a lot of people look for organizations to donate to. Right. And there's so many sketchy ones out there that... Like the Wounded Warrior Project. Yeah, they don't... The families don't really get anything but like a hat. I think it's 3% of the money donated to Wounded Warrior Project actually goes to veterans. And if you don't know, they make millions of dollars a year that's sad and this we've been to these events with Mm -hmm. brothers keepers and they do they bring the entire family and they do several events a year and it's an all expense paid vacation for these families who otherwise the stress that they go through you know if the the spouse is you know in a wheelchair or unable to do things like missing an arm or a leg or something like that, that the fam- the whole family ha- gets a chance to just go and relax. And I remember when we were at one event, that was the thing I kept hearing the spouses, the, the wives saying, this is the first time I've had a chance to relax. Right. And that's a big deal. When you're a caregiver 100% of the time, that's, that's hard. That's, yeah. that is stressful. And we've worked with Jack on diet. You know, we, we've mm-hmm. been over. We've talked to him, him and his family about about you know doing a ketogenic diet and and reducing your consumption of processed foods and sugar and all that stuff. And right. he did it, and he lost weight. Right, right. So when he and said he felt better. So it, you know, this is a great. Well, we'll just put a link so you can go check it out yourself. But um, if you are looking for an organization to donate to, hands down, this is a great one. Yes, absolutely. Um, so. Other thing that happened this week, we were talking about this this morning, was uh, I woke up and, uh, you know, did our kind of morning routine, and I noticed after that I felt hungry. Yeah. I felt this thing called hunger. And it was funny because I wasn't hungry until, and I was in there doing some laundry, and you walked in and said you were hungry, and I was like, great. Now I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Now I'm hungry. And now I'm hungry. Why did you say that? Because <laughs> <laughs> because we like to we like to do a, you know the intermittent fasting. Uh, we don't we don't eat breakfast. We do a fat coffee, and we usually have our our morning workout, and then we'll we'll eat lunch whenever whenever lunch rolls around. Um, so what happens? So why is that? That sometimes in the morning you're you're hungrier than other times. Now, and this was a Monday morning, so I didn't work out all weekend, and it's not like my body was missing anything. I had plenty of food. Yeah, and. You know, I, I think mine was just power of suggestion. <laughs> and sometimes that's it. Smelling food or talking about food. And that's why advertising and marketing on television um, oh, yeah. will get you. It will get you because they were advertised food. <laughs> so we, remember we were talking about this about we started watching Mad Men? Yeah. Started watching Mad Men. And all of a sudden I'm like, I, I would like a drink of whiskey. I know we did talk about that because everybody on that show is drinking and smoking. The smoking doesn't entice me. No, at all. I don't like the smoking. I hate at all. the smell of cigarettes. But 
just, yeah, we were both, I was like, why do all of a sudden I want a glass of wine? I don't know. Yes. And it's that just you're being influenced all the time. And so anyway, it's interesting that when you do see commercials or advertising for food, you do get sometimes cravings even if you are keto. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things we did, and we did this a while back, was we switched, we got rid of all of our our cable and all that stuff, and we switched to just watching Netflix or Hulu. Yeah. And and on Hulu, we do the no commercials. Yeah, so we don't see any advertisement. And that's a big deal because you stop, uh, you you lose a lot of your uh, desires or cravings for things that you don't need. Even just like random products. Right, random products, random things. Yeah, not even things. just food. So, and you don't realize it until you watch regular TV and, uh, cause we'll watch, uh, you know, the over the air antenna TV for, uh, the morning, uh, you know, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday show. morning show. And of course it doesn't matter for that because <laughs> every commercial is a pharmaceutical commercial. Yeah. I don't crave any of that. Every, no, I don't <laughs> crave pharmaceuticals. So, but anyway, that's one of the things that you should pay attention in your life is you're always being marketed to. You're always being advertised to. And I'm guilty of marketing to you all now as well. Because <laughs> we're, we're making the keto dessert. Yeah, so I'm part of the problem now. Sorry. <laughs> well, and here's one, and, and we've talked about this before, and the reason we didn't do this before was because we're like, we didn't want to create a replacement for something that wasn't good. Well, and for me, I think it was really because I had, I had a pretty good sugar problem. So when I went keto and we did this and I, I didn't, like we said, we didn't plan to do this. But as it happened, I just didn't replace anything because that firm break mm-hmm. with dessert and breads and all those things was really important for me mentally. And not everybody has to do that, but it just kind of worked out that way for us. And you didn't ever need it because you're just like the person who's, I'll eat whatever you put on my plate. I don't care. You don't ever ask for anything. Well, guys are like that a lot. They can do, you know, they can just stop. Like like Nathan, our friend Nathan, he heard us talk about keto once and just the next day started doing it. Yeah, and it was like, I don't care if I eat the same thing every single day. I know. You know? <laughs> and, and he that, lost like 60 pounds. Yeah, and, and there are women like that, and they're, you know, there are, there are both genders can be either way mm-hmm. as far as like, I have to have variety or I can go on eggs and bacon and a hamburger patty for six years. So everybody's different. But doing the keto desserts was kind of like, oh, finally giving in to the... Okay, so I'm going to start doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, then we had to start eating it. A lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah, because testing the recipes. And we talked about that a little bit last week. But it was interesting that we had been carnivore for so long that adding in the almond flour, the coconut flour, you know, a little bit more like there's some golden flax meals and things like that that's kind of high in fiber that needs to be fermented in your gut. And that caused some, like like I said last week, like I swallowed a bag of Pop Rocks. It's like bubble guts. Yeah, bubble guts and, is what I call it. And so people will take that, uh, you know, they'll eat something that's a keto dessert or, or something like that, and they'll, and they'll think that they'll have a bad reaction. Like, oh, I ate that, and it really messed up my guts. But did it really mess up your guts? 
Well, you know, somebody from Wednesday night, we had this little conversation because they've been carnivore for a while too, and they ate some of the dessert and said it kind of messed with my digestion. And the whole thing is that your gut bacteria is dictated by what you've been eating. Right. So if you haven't been having any plant matter or nuts or seeds or whatever it is or fiber, then when you add it in, you don't have that particular gut bacteria that's accustomed to it anymore. So it might be like you swallowed a bag of Pop Rocks. <laughs> right. So it's not. And, and the thing is, is, is to learn that it's not negative, completely negative, because when you add a food that you haven't had in a while, your gut bacteria might have to adjust. Yeah, it does. And a lot of the um, keto sweeteners are already known to cause some digestive issues if you go too hard and too fast with them at first and don't kind of titrate them in a little Mm -hmm. bit. But, you know, now we've been eating this stuff for a couple of weeks now. I don't feel anything anymore. I feel fine. <laughs> and, and so, so... So the moral of the story, just eat more. Just eat more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the moral of the story is to understand uh, your gut bacteria is dictated by what you eat. Like she said, it's not, you know, not everyone has the same gut bacteria. It's not like it's set. You know, humans have this gut bacteria. That's not the way it works. Your gut bacteria are going to be associated with the type of food that you eat. So if you've been carnivore for a year like we were, and then you add all add in all these different things that you start eating, you're gonna have your gut's gonna have to make some adjustments. Just like it did when we went carnivore and it was like our body was shedding it was like a snake shedding its skin is yeah. what I felt like. Like everything was coming out. Yeah, right. We <laughs> were we on? were deleting gut bacteria at a high rate. Yeah, it was really fascinating. Yep. A little disturbing, but it worked itself out, mm-hmm. and then it we did. felt awesome. And then the same thing, going back a little bit and adding some of these things, it's it's been interesting. Um, the transition, and we talk about poop, so mm-hmm. let's just go ahead. Um, there will be more volume. There's more volume. That's the thing is, and like we talked about when we went carnivore after a while, it's like it's like you had these small, like little bitty poops that were really pooplets. Pooplets, yeah, they're little pooplets, and you go to the bathroom thinking you're gonna go to the bathroom, and and there's not a lot of product. Yeah, you know, not, not, not a lot for me to be proud of in the toilet. Well, <laughs> now for you to call your friends about. Yeah, you know, call my friends and tell them about my little babies. Um, now we've added back in, and it, it's not a whole lot. It's just some mm-hmm. for some sauerkraut and some avocado, and then of course we had the desserts. But yeah. man, I'm telling you, it went from being a little bit to a lot. And when I say we're eating a lot of keto desserts, like there's small portions because you can't eat a whole lot of this stuff because it's still really fatty. Well, when I'm having it at every meal, yeah. Well, we only eat twice a day, so twice a day. I can't say that's a, a whole lot, but you know, I'm having a little piece of cheesecake, some little a brookie, the brownie cookie, um, and then dessert at night. So I'm eating plenty of dessert. Yeah, we're getting our fair share. Yeah, yeah, but it does increase the bulk of your. Um, Poop. Yep. Yeah. So beware. Beware if you of that. Start adding be- be- things back in. Uh, if you've done the more meat-based, low plant matter diet or no plant matter diet, then when you start adding those things in, it does shift your gut bacteria again, which is not a big deal. I mean, I don't want it. I don't want people to be like, 
I'm scared now. Well, it's it's really not a big deal. It's a couple of days of adjustment and yeah, don't worry it's about no it. No big deal. Um, the thing is, is like you were saying, you're not set with your gut bacteria no matter what. It's always dictated by what you're eating. So I look back and when we were eating heavy carb and more like real sugar, regular real sugar, regular sugar, um, refined sugar, then um, I had more candida and it was a problem. And but when I got rid of all that, that all went away. You know, so if you're set with a certain gut bacteria, that wouldn't happen. Right. So yeah, if you have candida overgrowth, that you know you, you got to get rid of that, and that's an extreme. Like you've got to do some serious changing of what you're eating to, to let that die off. Um, something else you did though this week was you made some some you tested another keto bread recipe. Yeah, I did some keto bread. <clears throat> bread is such a hard one because the keto flours are really heavy. So if anybody out there has been experimenting with baking, you know, it's kind of tough, but I kind of have tweaked some bread <laughs> to where it tastes like bread. I'm telling you, this is the closest to regular bread that that we have tried. It slices like bread. You can, you know, you can butter it or put whatever you, you on can, it like bread. Yeah, you can make a sandwich out of it without toasting it and it stays together. Mm-hmm. That's what's awesome. Well, the, the only difference is it's, it's, it's more dense than yeah. bread. It's a little more dense. So it's kind of like if you're going to have, I don't know, maybe. It feels like, it, it feels like a dense wheat bread. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but it's good. And if you're, if you're one of those people, like, so we tried it uh, with our, our meal this afternoon and we put a couple slices on there, like we were having, you know, toast and eggs. Mm-hmm. And I'm all, I've always been one of those people where I hold the piece of bread and that's what I use to scoop on my fork. I'm like a. I'm like the shovel and the bucket. I'm just, you know, I got two hands working. <laughs> it's like a, you know, it's like a frenzy of me eating with two hands. So um, that was kind of fun to go back to. Yeah. And it works for, I mean, you you could totally make an egg sandwich out of it too. You can make a sandwich out of it. And that's what a lot of people miss on keto is the ability to have a convenience food like a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to do it. There's a lot of bread recipes out there. Um, I found, and I know this is like, I've been living under the ketogenic rock for a while because I didn't know about this um, this guy's YouTube channel called Highfalutin Low Carb, where he tests all these recipes. Yeah, And they're not his. He takes other people's recipes and just does cooks them all makes them all, and then tastes them and gives you his opinion. And so for anybody out there looking for someone else who's already tried the 14 recipes for cheesecake out there or for bagels or whatever, you can go to his channel. I'll just give him a shout out because I really enjoyed the channel. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to support other keto people who are doing some good work. And I think anybody could go to that and gain something from it. Yeah, he's, he's instructive. He's funny. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's southern. And he's southern, so so he's a great guy. He's fun to watch. Yeah, um, highfalutin, low carb. Highfalutin, low carb. I love the I love the the tag line. Mm-hmm. Low carb, high snark. <laughs> I knew immediately when I saw that that I was going to enjoy the channel. So that that shout out to his name is Wes Shoemaker. I think I wonder what his family did in the past. Uh, there's no telling. Shoemakers. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I saw, uh, I saw a, a fire department thing, and it was like best fire department name ever. And the, it was fire his a fire chief, and his name was Les McBurney. 
Oh, my God. That can't even be real. And it was a real name, Les McBurney. <laughs> you're, okay, you're a fireman. Done. <laughs> you need to be Les McBurney. That's awesome. So, yeah, the, the bread, we did that. Other things we were talking about today about bread. Right, types of bread. Like what... Um, when we went to Germany over the summer, uh, we, you know, we ate some bread and it didn't, we didn't notice a real negative effect from eating that bread. And there's reasons for that. Yeah. Not until like the last day I started kind of feeling bloated. Well, we, we, we kind of, we started being like, well, I can eat bread, man. Let's just shovel this stuff right on in. They put like a basket of this delicious bread on your plate, you know, on your table, everywhere you go. And then there's croissants everywhere, and you're just like, well, you're grabbing, I can eat this. You're grabbing a brat, you know, and they wrap it, and it's conveniently it's carried in a little bread thing. A bread bun. And they're, ta- <laughs> and they're delicious. The brats are just delicious. I could eat them all day. Yeah, we, we started just getting brats everywhere we went. Mm-hmm. I'd eat half the bun and then throw it away because I couldn't eat any more bread. Because we did go a little crazy on the bread, and I started getting bloated on the last day we were there. So that was a good seven days of eating bread, though. Right, not a ton and of bread. Like the, we initially were like, I'll have a bite. Yeah, but by the like fifth day, I was like, this whole basket <laughs> is delicious. <laughs> so, but the only thing we experienced was bloating. We didn't we didn't really experience any like digestive issues or any like joint pain outbreaks. Mm-mm. Anything? No outbreaks, and that's the thing. Normally, like I would break out itchy and all this crap. And none of that happened. I just got a little bloated. And we had been carnivore for so long already when we went. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the gut bacteria to deal with what I was doing. Right. What I was putting in there. And a lot of the reason why is because if you go over to someplace like that, they don't allow wheat flour from Monsanto grains. The evil Monsanto yeah. grains and are not allowed. You, you hear about that and you're like... People say they go to Europe and they eat the bread and they're fine. And I was like, I don't believe them. So I'll try. (laughs) And it really didn't affect me like some of this stuff does here. And then you look at a lot of additives we put into things. We put, excuse me, we will put in flour, we'll enrich it because we've already stripped everything out of it. And then they have to put vitamins back in it. And I don't know everything about European baking over there because I don't live there. I just know what I read. And I don't think they do a lot of the stupid crap we do here Mm -hmm. to their food, which I don't know what's wrong, America. Let's... Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Get your crap together. And I've always heard that, too. People said they can eat, like, pasta doesn't bother them, bread doesn't bother them, Uh, those things that they can't eat in the U.S. that they can eat overseas and and it... doesn't bother them. It's and, and we and I felt the same way. I didn't feel. I thought that I would get a lot more hungry because we were eating that way, and we still ended up eating twice a day. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any more hungry. It was just. It was nice. It was a nice break to see that we could actually do that and not die. And not die. And yeah. we, so we started talking about other types of bread: the sourdough bread, the rye bread, um, because a lot of the stuff we learned. From the uh, the Western A Price Association, reading the uh, the book, you know, nutrition and physical degeneration about how a lot of societies uh, they, they, t- they they were eating that you know fermented product. Yeah, they were eating a bread, but the big difference is it was like a like a a fresh ground flour, right? 
What's wrong with my throat today? Oh, there's some water right there. You should I mix know. It. Oh, I have to talk about that <laughs> in a minute. Okay. So, yeah, but the whole thing is they were soaking and sprouting their grains before they did anything else. And there's just a little more effort that goes into to making a bread that is less detrimental to your health. Plus, they were also eating a whole lot of fat. With a slice of bread, like there, this the people who lived, was it the Swedish people? Uh, they were. I think it was Norway. Or Norway, and they were having the big slice of rye or sourdough bread with a slab of cheese on it and butter and drinking milk and copious amounts of milk. Copious he, amounts he said. of milk, and then they were having like they would slaughter a lamb for the week, mm-hmm. and people would eat off that. So, I mean. You're like, wow, that sounds like a diet I could get on board with. <laughs> right. Sounds pretty good. But back to my water. Back to water. So sourdough bread, though, it's fermented rye bread. I, we can't get that kind of stuff here. Right. You have fermented, to make it yourself. Fermented products are healthy. Your regular white bread is not. Back to my water again. So, so, so Melody comes out. I'm outside working out, and she comes out, and she's got. she just walks out the door and says, something's in my water. Yeah, so I had gone running this morning, and I, I'd switched over to my glass water bottle that I haven't used in a while, and I had drank out of it all day yesterday, and then all morning this morning, and <clears throat> I'd set it outside, <laughs> and then I, I, I thought that I closed it, but I looked down inside of it before I took a drink, and it looked like there was a giant slug in the bottom of my water. Like attached to this side inside of my water bottle. And I was like, what the heck is that? How did that, like, why is there a slug in the bottom of my water? So, so, so she shows it to me. She's like, what is this in my water bottle? And I'm looking in there and it, and it does. It looked like it's a, it was some type of, uh, you know, bug coated in a slug. Like, like a slug type. Like a sluggy material. Like. <laughs> Like a bug slug. So, <laughs> I don't know. It was a pretty good size. So uh, we're looking at it, we're like, what the heck? And I scoop it out and I start poking at it. And I'm like, this is very gelatinous and sticky. <laughs> what could that be? Oh, <laughs> so somebody was taking a pill. I was taking one of my vitamins that's in a gel cap. I was taking my pills. I was taking my pills. <laughs> and my it was in a gelatin, like it's in one of the like capsules. Right. Yeah, and I guess I dropped one inside my... How did I do that? I couldn't do that again if I tried. It It's a small mouth hole on it's this really cup. Funny. And it must have gone down in there, and it somehow it stuck to the inside. It looked like a giant slug <laughs> and because it swelled up. And uh, so he pulls it out. He gets it out with a stick, and it was. It was one of my supplements. One of your pills. One of my pills. When it gets wet, it it expands quite a bit. And looks like a gel-covered locust. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was. And then I was like, oh, because we've been watching the the next season of Santa Clarita Diet, and he was like, it's your Mr. Ball Legs. (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't seen Santa Clarita Diet, you won't know what that means. But yeah, it was my Mr. Ball Legs. Yes, it was pretty funny. then, I have to say, Santa Clarita Diet, she eats people. Drew Barrymore eats people, in case you don't know. And now, I think that would be a real problem, because I don't think you can find people that aren't full of antibiotics. Right, so so I can't eat that person. They take antibiotics. I know, I know. I can't eat you. Have you been on antibiotics lately? Or have you had vaccinations? Because I can't... Do you eat organic? So, 
So I want to hit on this. Speaking of supplements, so I was talking to someone that I was helping out with, with uh, you know, some physical stuff, and and I, you know, I'm a personal trainer, and so I, I work with people a lot, and I get asked uh, all the time about different supplements, and uh, this person asked about, you know, should I take ginkgo biloba or say Yohimbi. that ten times fast? Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so our opinion on this, because we were just talking about you know taking our pills. Was if you're if you're gonna take a supplement, uh, make sure that that it's something that you can benefit from. It's a an essential vitamin or mineral that you need. So taking things like uh, ginkgo biloba or yohimbi or or sawtooth or deer antler, you don't have a deficiency in your body of any of those. I'm not no. saying I'm not saying they're bad or you should not take them. I'm just saying you should focus on, like, I would rather see you taking some magnesium or some iodine or adding salt or selenium. There's a ton of things that you can add that are going to be beneficial. Yeah, or just work on that digestive process first to make sure you're actually digesting the food that you are eating. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal because none of those supplements are going to be a help if your digestion is terrible and you're not already eating the right foods. Mm -hmm. So so when 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 you talk about taking something, like we don't have pharmaceutical deficiencies. I don't have a Lipitor deficiency or a Crestor deficiency or, or whatever pharmaceutical drug they're going to try and give you. So if you think about it that way is, is can my body be deficient in this, this supplement that I'm taking? Uh, ketones, for instance. Mm-hmm. So ketones, that, that's a fuel source. That's, that's a fuel source for your body and that's been proven. And also it's, you know, they've shown that when, when ketones come in contact with things like cancer, that the cancer dies. That's, that's very interesting to me. Um, so if you're interested in that, go check out that research, but it's out there. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, I use ketones as a fuel. Right, especially for working out. For working out. So if I'm going to do an hour-long run, bike ride, workout, you know, or workout in the heat, uh, ketones is a very efficient fuel source. It's way more efficient than using glucose. Right, and then you have the, and we've talked about this before, the anti-inflammation, you know, to, it's an anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So when when somebody is working out really hard or doing things that are damaging to muscle, tissue, and joints, you're going to increase inflammation anytime you work out. It's just what's going to happen. And so when you are eating a lot of sugar and carbs that has a hard time regulating itself or your body has a hard time with that inflammation. Whereas if you're eating a keto diet or limiting those carbs and sugars, and then on top of that, if you do take ketones, you're really in that anti-inflammatory state right? where you can actually grow muscle repair and lose fat. And, and inflammation is, is huge when you talk about chronic inflammation and people don't realize how inflamed they are. Uh, talked to another uh, client th- this morning that had been, uh, you know, they tell me hardcore for seven days. It means they didn't screw up for seven days. Like, what's that? What's what that means? But uh, they had to, you know, they're out and about, and they got a Subway sandwich, and they ate the bread. So what happens the next morning, gets up, and uh, this person suffers from gout, and now they can't move their hands. And it's that fast. It's that it's fast. It's that fast. That's how fast your body can tell you, this food doesn't work for me, mister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you've removed it, again, a conversation was, is, is it didn't seem that bad when I was eating it all the time as far as the onset. But you don't notice chronic inflammation every day because your body, and we talked about this before, is a super machine. And it will fight it off the best it can. Um, but when you get rid of it, 
you know, sugar, flour, all that stuff, and it's gone. And then you add it back in at like the same amount that you were eating in a short period of time. The the onset of those symptoms are going to be way more dramatic than what you were used to. Yeah, because you you've felt what it feels like to feel good. Right. And your body has relaxed. Mm-hmm. And all of those inflammatory markers are starting to stabilize and normalize. And then just that just that small amount, a, a Subway sandwich. People a think, Subway oh, that's sandwich. not that big a deal. We used to eat them all the time. It's just When we traveled, we would stop and get that because it was easy and convenient yep. to eat on the road. Correct. If we didn't plan ahead and have food with us. Mm-hmm. And, and we thought, oh, it's healthy. It's healthy. healthy I'll get the wheat Because let's go back to marketing and advertising. You've been marketed to and advertised to that Subway is healthy. Okay, enough of that. Yeah, enough of that. Okay. So, you know, we would do the same thing. And now I I could tell if I had something like that, I would be able to tell immediately how it affected Mm -hmm. me. Yep. You know, and that's so cool that someone can see it seven days, hardcore. I didn't make any keto mistakes. No mistakes. You know, I love that. And then... Do that one thing, and all of a sudden your body reacts. And that's such a good tool for someone to see, oh, my body was stressing like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to how, why, we, why we really like the carnivore experiment, because <laughs> once you're on that carnivore for so long and your body has, has detoxed and got rid of bad gut bacteria and you feel good, anytime you add any food back, you know what happens. Yeah, you do. I mean... With sugar, for instance, that and I've talked about this before. The last time I had real sugar was on a Thanksgiving, and I had some Thanksgiving <laughs> pecan pie. I didn't even eat the crust; I just ate the filling because gluten, and <laughs> had an immediate reaction, violent vomiting. It was, it was like Mr. Ballegs was going to come out of my body, <laughs> and I was going to. Come up from the toilet as a cannibal. I mean, it was crazy. I, I have not experienced that violent of a reaction from food. And I thought it was really interesting that sugar had that big of an effect on me after mm-hmm. not having it for so long. And it was a small piece of pie. And most people think, I'll just do this one thing this one time because I deserve it. And I felt like that. And I know Bill Cosby has become like a bad person to everyone, but he was still funny. He's a terrible human being, but for what, you know, whatever. But he was funny. And I always remember that uh, bit that he did, I'm going to go out and have a good time, you know? (laughs) And then they get drunk, and then they're like, I love you, toilet bowl. (laughs) You're so cold. (laughs) And that's how I felt. I'm going to have a good time, damn it. Because I deserve it. Because I deserve it. Right. You know what you deserve? You deserve good health and happiness. That's what you deserve. Um, you know. Okay, so one more thing I want to hit on before we get out of here is uh, we watched 60 Minutes last night. Yes, we're, we're old people. I know. We watched the Sunday morning <laughs> we show. We watched the Sunday morning show and 60 Minutes. That's really all the regular <laughs> TV we can stand. Everything else is our own shows. Um, but they were, they were focused on a scientist up in Siberia in Russia that was uh, working up there and talking about how you know, this is all a climate change conversation, but the but the the thing is, is is they don't know what climate change is or is not. They don't they don't know how to fix it. They don't know what's going to happen. Um, and this guy, because this guy's solution to climate change up in Siberia was to bring back the woolly mammoth. Yeah, because okay, so the permafrost is melting. So Correct. Is it. 
And within that permafrost contains all the decayed animals and plants from um, millions of years ago. Right. And it's going to release all this carbon. Their, th- their theory is all this carbon and methane trapped in the permafrost is going to have an effect on the climate. Now, that that's a theory, okay? It's a theory. It's a theory. Um, and his solution, with, which, like you said, it was to bring back herds of animals. He said millions. Yes, millions. They need millions of animals up there. And the reason was because since all the animals, you know, were... were we're humans, okay, and and anywhere we go on the planet, what do we do? We eat the animals. We eat the animals. So we killed out the woolly mammoth by eating all of them, all right? The, the bones they are finding. So if oh, you yeah. don't believe that woolly mammoths even existed, because I know there are people out there like that, um, their bones they're finding yes, are from incredible. the melting right now is just incredible. It's so, just crazy. So the reason he wants to bring back all the animals is because all of the, all of the uh, you know, uh, forest or, or the, the trees and the grass that has all grown up is keeping the, the ground warm. So he wants to bring all the animals back so they can knock down the trees, you know, eat most of the grass, and that way the ground will be colder and the permafrost will freeze. Because the idea was it had previously been grasslands mm-hmm. because the woolly mammoths are like, the one tusk they had weighed at least 25 pounds. Yeah, it was huge. And so they kept all of that trampled down so no trees grew there. Mm-hmm. And the ground stayed colder. And I thought, wow, the the people with the climate change need to get together on their solutions. Right, right cause because you have the other people that want to get rid of all the animals. Yeah, well, you've got the whole thing of like, we need to get rid of all the animals because of the... The methane, methane. gases and, <clears throat> and and the other thing is you know they talk about the methane gases, but all the all the uh, food they have to grow to feed them. That's the other thing, and that, and that's I a know. completely false illogical argument when you get into it. And you know nobody really talks about hey maybe I should get rid of my car. I don't know, and not <laughs> fly in a plane. But that's just me. I call me crazy. It's probably not the cows. So it's not the cows. I just thought it was really cool that they want to bring all these animals back up there, and they were showing because there's no animals hardly up there anymore. Right, there's not, so not a lot. Yeah, they bring they want to bring them back so that they can then you know trample this down. They've got like they had that like four wheel drive vehicle they were using to knock down trees. They were knocking down trees in their four wheel drive yeah, vehicle. They were trying to mimic what woolly mammoths did Mm -hmm. and you know you can't really do that with a vehicle because i don't they probably didn't even weigh as much as a woolly mammoth so here's what they're trying to do they're trying to actually breed a woolly mammoth and put it back in the environment so that was like the the mind-boggling cool thing it's like they've got the the uh the dna now they can recreate a woolly mammoth now they said this was a decade away yeah and my first thought was oh no Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a little scary. And then my second thought was they ate all the humans. I mean, even that man said the humans ate them all. Like, the humans killed them out. Right. And my first thought was they must be darn tasty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woolly mammoth steaks, man. I don't know. Anywhere on the planet, you know, and this was Siberia, but also if you look at Australia, anywhere and even North America up in, you know, Canada and uh, North America here, uh when humans showed up, the population of large animals disappeared. So anyone that says we were, you know, we were hunter-gatherers, but we mostly ate nuts and seeds, 
what happened to the animals that we that they, disappeared? Yeah, because they said there were millions of mammoths. Millions. Millions of mammoths, all gone. Ate them all. Yep. Like a buffet of mammoths. Yep. So anybody that says we, you know, that we didn't survive uh, off meat, uh, they need to do some research. And you know, I know that touches on a whole other topic that a lot of people are sensitive to. But let's just leave it at humans ate meat, and we <laughs> killed the we killed them out because. They were tasty, and that's what human beings thrived on. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm pro-human, first and foremost. Yes, I too am pro-humans. I'm pro-humans, and I feel bad that we killed out the woolly mammoths, but I'm also pro-human. And I know that anywhere we go, we like you said, we do that sort of thing. We're kind of a plague. I get it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it seems like we're a little bit of a plague, but... Still, when we're talking about diet, that's the one thing we really want to focus on Mm -hmm. here and not the political parts of it. But we ate meat. And a lot of it. A lot of it. I mean, I'm sure somebody wasn't going, do you have a salad (laughs) instead of that wooly steak burger? (laughs) I got some hair on my steak burger. Can I just eat some kale? I can't imagine anyone was going, is there any like... Vegetables. Could well, I could I get some nuts? So we talked about this the other day as well. Is that it's amazing that those animals can take foods, plants that you cannot eat. Okay, most of what they eat you cannot eat. Period, and they turn it, you know, into food that you can eat. I know. And that's most of the planet. So most of the planet is in, is inhabited by these animals that can eat this food that humans cannot digest. And they turn it into food that you can digest. And that's the amazing part of it. It is. It's really cool because, you know, as you drive around, just look around. There's not a lot of food that you can just jump out of your car and pick and put in your mouth. In (laughs) Siberia, you're not growing crops up there. No, you're not. Mm Mm-mm. But anyway, all right. Well, that's uh, that was our end rant, I guess. We didn't even talk about your different working out. We can talk about working out later. Okay. All right. Nobody wants to work out right now. No. All right. Well, anything else to add to our, our end rant of grow more woolly mammoths? Grow more <laughs> grow more woolly mammoths. Beware of Jurassic Park. Beware of Jurassic Park, okay. So I won't be going to Siberia if they do put a woolly mammoth up there because it, I've seen the Jurassic Park movies. It never goes well. Someone gets eaten. Yeah. I don't, I don't a want person. to be me. And like I said, everyone's full of antibiotics now. I don't want to eat people. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a really good point to end on. Yes. So, uh, all right, everyone, appreciate you listening. Have a good day. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com. And visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.